Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Dear readers, you're never going to believe it. Matt and I, um, I'm about to, I, I, I recruited Matt to play my um, fiance for a possible film shoot, which works out well because someone thought that we were reversed. A dear reader thought that Quinn in my face was reversed. So I was like, maybe I'm single white female in Quinn. Maybe I'm like trying to take over your life. <laughs> I have a really hard time believing that anyone well appointed <laughs> with my life <laughs> would do that. <laughs> We I have to tell be... you something. Okay. They're going to send a mannequin to the moon. It's Why are you real. telling me that? Because I want to They're just you. littering on the moon? That to me feels Look, like, it's like, oh, we have too many of these mannequins, and I bet it's going to be one I'm of not... those skinny mini mannequins because stores are getting away with those, and they're like, oh, instead of putting a dumpster, let's sell one to the moon. So we're going to have some body dysmorphia for anyone who inhabits the moon, which is bullshit. <laughs> That's totally why they're sending it. And they're it's like, awful. we're just worried we're just... there's moon people up there that didn't get the message of uh, <laughs> what what these measurements should look like. Um, I just think we're just they're... littering. Do you know what there. they're naming the mannequin? I read a lot of people suggested Moonikin. Moonikin the mannequin? You can get on board with that at I can least. get on that. What about Moonika? Moonika is really good. Like, I think right. it needs I think to we be write like, um, I think it needs to be... A pun, but Moonikin is a little too obvious for me. Because what name is Moonikin? Do we have any Moonikin listens Anakin, out there? Anakin, like Anakin Skywalker. Maybe it's a relative mm. of Anakin's. Maybe. Speaking of you wanting to know who's listening, I'll tell you who's listening. Probably Heather, our new Patreon hey, subscriber. Heather. Heather, Heather, you Heather. made us our cups. <laughs> and then you became a Patreon. Is there nothing that you can do? There's nothing I love you. When Quinn was singing that to you, Heather, she was making direct eye contact with me. In a way I was that... really, those eyes were saying, help me, help me, <laughs> help me sing this song that I'm making up on the fly. And so Heather, I got no help. To you, help me, Heather. Help me. I was trying to give you a compliment. Help me, Heather. Help, help me, Heather. That's a better one. There's another song we have to sing. All right, give me a it's name. It's important. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to Haley. Happy birthday, Haley. It's your birthday. We gonna party like it's your birthday. We're gonna sip a party like it's your birthday. We heard and a you rumor know, you're not having a great birthday, but we hope you're having a great birthday. You heard birthday. a rumor she's not having a good birthday? You know what? She's not having a great uh, time right now. She's having a tough time. Uh, someone in her family is sick and she's got a lot of kids and she's a really good friend so she's a, a long time listener of the podcast happy birthday happy birthday so happy birthday happy yesterday fucking belated birthday we, we love you yesterday was swell it's summer solstice new year do you want to hear yeah sure 
something so creepy that happened. No. I don't think I told you. It's really dark. Are you ready? Okay. Whitney Posner, my sister who lives in Arkansas, this happened um, You did this send week. me a picture. It's so crazy. It got worse? No. All right. Here's what happened, dear readers. My sister, Whitney, heard an explosion while she was at home. She looked out her window and saw that the house across the street had a bunch of smoke coming out of it. She called the police and the police came. In the meantime, she knows that there's kids that live in the house. So she started kind of lurking around the outside of the house, looking in windows because she was just like concerned about their well-being. She's one of those people that runs towards the fire. She a hundred percent is. Wow. She she went to go see if anyone needed help. She couldn't really determine that. The police arrive, and the, I guess the very sad punchline is that there was a man that lived there, and he killed himself in the garage. He had, like... With, like, a car. Yeah, yeah in his car. And... There was a light or something He in came car. out in a body bag, very traumatizing, for Whitney, but also I think what was also upsetting is that the buzz in the neighborhood was that he'd been really abusive mm. to his, I don't know if she was his wife or his girlfriend, his partner, abusive on a level where she had shown up to neighbors' homes in the middle of the night naked, call the police kind of stuff, like really in a dangerous oh, situation. And there were kids involved, so really really scary because this happens and it's sad no matter what but i i think uh they also knew that she had just recently changed her status on social media to single she'd left him recently so our minds that uh that read a lot of true crime you can't help but right like assume totally the, the very worst and they couldn't find her for a time or wow and she's okay? That's what Whitney says. Whitney says that she's okay and the kids are okay. Um, but what a terrifying thing. And to be across the street and suddenly... Well, there's... You sent me a image from her ring camera It's her ring camera of the smoke. And so you see Whitney, like, in front of this burnt... This, like, exploded building. Like, it's really scary. So scary. Um, what so a creepy thing, the, right? She... The... The... the you know... I'm so glad she's okay and the kids are okay. And it sounds like that guy had a lot of issues. Yeah, definitely. Some... It sounds like that guy had some stuff going on. Yeah, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. Um, what a crazy story, though, right? Wild. Um, By the way, you're listening to Truly. Darkly. Creepily. That's Carrie Epema. I'm Carrie Epema. <laughs> she, it's, we're doubling down on it. We're, and I'm Carrie Epema. We're so sure of ourselves. And by the way, that over there, over yonder, mother of two kids, it's Quinlan Posner. Look out, it's me. I'm wearing (laughs) a a trap. It's a trap. Um, By the way, um, we got a note. I think Spencer, by the way, Spencer wants to be mentioned more in the podcast. I think it's important to note. Spencer's on a Patreon. You know what? I'm editing this out because I won't mention anyone that's not a Patreon. But we've mentioned Adam. Oh, okay. That's fair. But they want us to do... When they, we say creepily, they want us to do it in a funny accent. Oh, I think we do. We do it in a creepily accent. We do creepily, accent. yeah, but they want us to be like, creepily. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I wasn't aware we were taking Interesting re- note. Hey, boys. I wasn't aware we were taking requests. I didn't ask for notes. Frankly, I didn't ask for them, and I don't need them. Thank you. <laughs> They've been hanging out with Jamila too much. They think it's okay to just give notes. Do we're truth. talking about my friend Jamila, who often has notes. Even my favorite was she babysat Griffin and Koa, and you came and I was like, how was it? And she was like, I have notes. <laughs> She has notes. Which I think is the funniest shit in the whole wide world. Okay, we should jump into this. You think? I mean, we've talked for like 15 minutes. We've got a crack. (laughs) (laughs) We've got enough crack. we got enough crack for the day. Oh, wait. I have one question before we begin. Did you vote? Yes. All right. Did I send you this thing about Eric Adams? This guy's a fucking nut job. And so I'm so pissed. I'm pissed. Okay. Eric Adams, the Brooklyn Borough president and frontrunner in the Democratic primary for New York City mayor, told Vanity Fair that his favorite concert of all time was a 1990 show in Brooklyn where Curtis Mayfield was paralyzed in a horrific accident. Curtis Mayfield at the Wingate Concert Series, Adams said when asked what his favorite concert was. At that concert, there was a rainstorm and the lights fell on Curtis Mayfield and they actually paralyzed him at the concert. He died a few years ago, but it was an amazing concert before that happened. Just so unfortunate. A Los Angeles Times report about the concert noted that Mayfield had not yet begun performing when the rig fell on him. It's not clear what part of the performance Adams enjoyed before the accident took place. This guy. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? That's a crazy thing to say. That's fucking bananas. Like, as that is leaving your mouth, how are you not like, ooh, bring it back in? I'd be like, in sync, easy. No, that is... Okay, there's a video. I don't know if you saw this video of the potential future mayor of New York fucking city. But he's like, it's important to acknowledge to always search through your home to make sure nobody's hiding anything from you. He's like, this right over here, this is a jewelry box. He opens up, he pulls out a fucking gun. He's like, look it, there's a gun in your jewelry box. You never know what could be in there. He's like, you want to go through your kids' backpacks. It's really important. Right here, you look in the backpack, there's a crack pipe. Is it used? Is it not? Could have found it in the park? Maybe you didn't. But there's a crack pipe in here. It's something worth discussing. You're like, why are there guns and crack pipes hidden around your home, Eric Adams? This is Just a to, like, very depressing out. scavenger hunt. I don't want any part of it. Um, I fucked. just had to check. So who's going first today is the next question. You are. I'm going first. You have to. I have to do this. Guys, did you read that John McAfee died and think, who the hell is that? He died yesterday. Isn't McAfee, like, okay, spell it. It's like McAfee. M- M-C-A-F-E-E. I feel John like McAfee. McAfee. What would you say? I would say McAfee. Isn't he the guy that does, like, cybersecurity that always has, like, the, yes. like, virus protection? Yes. Kind? So you yeah. know about him. I don't know about anything other than I know his name is like synonymous with like I didn't know virus anything about him. And I started reading um, an article in Wired about him mm-hmm. recently. Somebody must have sent it to me. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He's nuts. And I, I for some reason, was like, I think I just have to cover this guy's life on Truly Darkly Creeply, and here we are. So the sources on this are a Penthouse article by Sean Bruce, a New York Times article by Mike Ives, uh, CNN, and a Wired article by Joshua Davis, who spent a bunch of time with him, actually. The deal with John is that he grew up in Roanoke, Virginia. I think it's Roanoke. Roanoke? Oh, you don't? Okay. I don't don't know. I think you're right. Okay. Good for you. Thank you. Assert yourself. Uh, Lean in. (laughs) I'm going to lean back because my microphone's kind of sensitive, but you should lean in. 
figuratively okay. and literally. <laughs> um, so his dad was a road surveyor, whatever that means. His mom's a bank teller. His dad drinks a lot, is depressed, and a, kind of like abuses him and his mom. Yeah. But does kill himself also when John is 15 years old. Wow, this feels like it connects to the first to the first story about the Whitney story a little bit. Two suicides already on the podcast, and we're at like minute twenty. We're What's truly gonna at minute twenty? Not after I'm through editing. <laughs> we're at, here. We are at minute eight. You can always hope. Um, John starts college a few years later, and he's a big drinker as well. Mm. For money, he sells magazine subscriptions door to door, and he does this kind of good trick where he'll be like, hey, this magazine, believe it or not, you just won and it's free. You just have to pay for the shipping and handling. Smart, right? It's like just a mind game a little bit. Totally. But that works on people. Um, He's really good at people that that way. Um, Totally. In... 1968, he starts a PhD in mathematics at Northeast Louisiana State College. He actually gets kicked out. Tell me what you think of this. He's there trying to get a PhD and gets kicked out for sleeping with an undergrad student. Wait, he's there for a PhD? Or uh-huh. there... Yeah, that makes sense. Really? Wait, he gets kicked out? It seems like he's... everyone's an adult, right? It's a it college. It is an adult, but PhD students probably, he probably was teaching a class and Got she probably it. was a student and it was can't like, sleep you with can't the students. sleep with a student. I That's my assumption. because my dad taught my mom in college. I'm just going to say it. And they didn't get busted. It was a different time. I had crushes on the PhD here. students. They were all married. It was really unfortunate. Right. But I don't do that, you know? Okay. Well, they did later marry. So it was, let's be clear. It was, uh. Right. Your really, parents are. Really real. Your parents are. John Ma- John McAfee. So, uh, oh, both. Both. Everybody got, I didn't get married to the hot grad student. That sucks. They You're were the married. Out. You blew it. That sucks. Looking back, are you guys any listeners? Feel free to call me. I'm single. Let's figure this out. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he fakes his resume and gets a job at Missouri Pacific Railroad in St. Louis. This is his next move. He gets into some pretty unhealthy habits during this time in his life. He likes to drop acid before he goes to work. Hmm. Then acid gets kind of boring because he's doing it like every day. And he's like, I'm going to try DMT. DMT. Also known as Fantasia. Also known as Businessman's Trip. For the record, I've never heard of this drug, which just goes to show you how little I know about drugs. It's a hallucinogen. Thank you. I assume chemical, I assume it's not natural. Well, so he snorts it and he does a line of it and he doesn't feel anything. So he does the classic drug mistake. And another one? He just does a whole bag of it instantly. Is that a classic drug mistake? I don't, uh, it's like, well, it's a classic edibles mistake if you're me and you like have a bite of a brownie and you're like, it's not working. Then you eat a whole brownie and then you see God. (laughs) (laughs) It's a classic mistake. (laughs) So the quote was, within an hour, my mind was shattered. (laughs) He said he ended up behind a garbage can in downtown St. Louis hearing voices and that he hasn't really been the same since. And he's been protecting against viruses on my software? Okay, let's keep going. This is wild. He did not go back to work. Um, Took a sick day. (laughs) 
He took a sick day. He took a, no, he didn't go back at all, I think. (laughs) So then it's the 80s. And he's at this point kind of having trouble, I think, holding down a job. He's doing a lot of coke. He's doing a lot of quaaludes. His wife ends up leaving him. Mm -hmm. He gives Mm -hmm. away his dog. He's pretty depressed. Oh, gosh. (sighs) Yeah. So he goes to a therapist and the therapist is like, you know, maybe you should go to AA. Maybe you should cut back on all the substances you're consuming. Well, get ready, because he goes to AA and he quits fucking everything. Cold turkey? Yeah. He just quits. It totally works on him. Um, and then at that point in his life, that's when he hears about these guys that created this, com- this like, crazy computer virus. And they it was aimed at PCs, and they wanted to sort of see how much it would spread, how much it would travel. So they included their names in the coding on the virus so that they could track it and know that it was them. And it spreads like wildfire everywhere, all over the world. And John hears about it and is like, this is nuts. This is horrible, but also fascinating. And I'm going to start McAfee Associates, which is an antivirus program. And he gives it away for free. So, but he's doing like maybe the magazine subscription trick a little bit. Totally. It's like, here's this for free. Once it's on here, it's like, if you want more protection. So Fortune uh, 500 companies are using it and they're paying him a license fee for it. Right. So he quickly gets rich and he starts. All right. This is really interesting. This is not what you're going to expect me to say happen next. But then he starts running his company from a Winnebago. Feels very Breaking Bad. Not a lateral move, necessarily. Doesn't really sound like a progression. (laughs) But maybe he's like, you know what? I've tried all these drugs. Like, what I really need is, like, I don't want to put... I have all this money. Let's go opposite day. No, it's stripped down. Well, he calls it the antivirus paramedic unit. And what he does is he gets a call from a company that needs help. He drives over. And he checks people's software for antiviruses. He also makes people, I think, paranoid and scared in a way mm. that yeah, fear sells, promotes baby. his business. Totally. Yeah. He does that for a while. He gets married again. And then he sort of has regained some sort of measure of success in life. Like Stanford Graduate School of Business is writing about his strategies. He gets an honorary doctorate from Roanoke College. Um in 2000, another big left turn, starts a yoga institute and starts writing books about spirituality. He ends up getting divorced. It's, he sounds kind of like a hard person to be married to. Um, he sounds, to put it gently, unhinged. Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Um Maybe it's all the yoga stuff he's doing, but he's like, I don't care about stuff anymore. It doesn't bring me joy. He like Marie Kondo's it or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to get rid of everything and move to a small town in the Caribbean. And he moves to Belize. This is really interesting, too. He does not actually go see the property he buys in person He's just, like, Google Earthing and buying it. <laughs> you have that much money, though, wouldn't you? No, that's so weird. He probably has so much fucking money, though. Um, Yeah, he does. He's very rich. He builds a bunch of bungalows there, and he's, like, really into 
earth now and nature with the exception of the fact that he does uh give himself injections of testosterone in his butt all the time because he thinks it will make him stay young (laughs) oh my god i mean he's an interesting guy right He's Already, a, this is he's a an anomaly. He's an anomaly. That's for sure. This like, guy. I could end there, and you'd be like, "What a life!" Um, but what ends up happening is he gets bored quickly, and he starts a cigar manufacturing business there. He starts a coffee distribution company there. He starts a water taxi service. Then he meets a microbiologist who. Uh, is doing this work. She's basically, it might, her work might lead to an entirely new kind of antibiotics. Okay. And he's like, that's so cool. That's like what I do, but for people, because he does it for computers, right. you know? Um, so he's like, listen, we have to start a business together and we have to commercialize your research. Um, Wait, who is this that he's working with? This woman he met in Belize. Okay, it's not Elizabeth Holmes or whatever that woman's oh name is. Oh my god, that would, be hysterical. that would be amazing. No, okay. she's the real deal from what I understand. Okay. And he has the money and she has the know-how and he's like, let's build a lab on my property for you to do what you do. But it's like a wacky laboratory because she's looking for antibodies. So he on his property now has this weird lab. He's still pretty bored. He starts hanging out at this place in town. The nearest town is Carmelita. And they have a bar there called Lover's Bar, which is also kind of a brothel. This is, it's pretty sad, dark place. Let me give, paint a picture of it for you. So the women that work there get paid a Belize dollar or whatever for every drink that they get bought. So what they do is they would get really drunk, go barf a bunch so that they could go in and keep drinking because it's based on how much they're getting men to buy drinks for them. So really upsetting, chaotic atmosphere. Um, The owner of the bar gets to know him and is like, oh, do you want a woman? I'll get you a woman. And he's like, no, I'm good. And they're like, okay, so do you want a boy? Is that your deal? And he's like, no. And then they're like, well, here, here's Amy. I think you're going to like her. Amy is 16. She is tough as fucking nails. And she's basically like, here's my deal. My mom's been selling me to men since I was a little kid. I can't have feelings. Like I, it's put me at a place where I don't feel things for people. I don't fall in love. I don't trust or care about anybody. Oh. So he's super drawn to her. Mm. Um, And he talks about how she was really good at faking sanity. Like she could be whatever people kind of wanted her to be. And she says of him, look, I told him my story because I wanted him to feel sorry for me. And it fucking worked. Their relationship obviously becomes sexual. He ends his relationship at this point with the woman he's been seeing for 12 years, who is a woman that was age appropriate, not Amy, who is, again, 
16. 16. So call it what it is. It's rape because we don't really care uh, if she's intelligent, if she's cunning, if she says she's in control of the situation. I don't care what the she's a story is. She is a child. He's an adult. Uh, she moves in and one night she tries to shoot him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wants to steal his money and run away. Mm-hmm. So doesn't work. She misses him. And the bullet goes through his pillow. <laughs> what happens this night is he grabs her and he gets the gun from her and he locks her in the bathroom. No, he gets the gun from her. She runs away and locks herself in the bathroom and he's outside and he's like, hey, May, you know, that's it. I'm taking away your TV privileges for a month. <laughs> You know what she That's says? That's how you know. You know what she says? You're not my dad. Better. But I didn't even kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah, my yeah. God. It's insane. Oh, my God. It's totally insane. Oh, so my God. Now we're in uh, the year 2011, and he decides to get Amy her own place down the road. Probably safer for everyone. Uh... He says at this point he starts to see Carmelita through her eyes, which is the like, this isn't this charming, easygoing town in Belize. It's there's drug trafficking, there's violence, sex trafficking, obviously. There's like, he wants to do his part to make it better, yes, as a purpose, as a past perpetrator of it. Okay, God, well, as a white man from the outside with money, who better? It's so fucked up. He's like, I'm gonna be a hero. Jesus! After he was like, start with not raping the kids. Maybe, maybe try a educational system. You know, like maybe try to like. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Build an educational system. Is that what he uses his money to build, Carrie? No. No. He builds a jail. (laughs) Well, he isn't just cybersecurity. And he's like, hey, cops, you gotta start uh, arresting. A lot of people, okay? He starts buying the police pepper spray, no. stun guns, batons, guns. This is not the type of colonialism. Like, this is not something we should be proud of. We should not no. be proud of our policing system, actually. Also, Stop. the nature of the where the money's coming from. So he he's creating a private army. Totally. And he's issuing orders to that army. He's the default police commissioner. He starts to take away people's guns in the town. He's pulling people over. People are, and everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? All the residents are like, what is going on? One guy says, I thought he would come by, introduce himself and explain what he was doing here. But he never did. He just showed up and started telling us what to do. Oh my God. He's also... As I've said before, a little bit unhinged. So he feels very self-important, very paranoid because he's, you know, thinks of himself as the most important person in the room. Therefore, everyone either loves him or hates him or is after him. Um, He's like, everyone's out to get me. So he thinks there's a bunch of people that are after him that are drug lords and that they don't want him to discover the antibodies in his secret lab. 
he has surrounded himself at this point with armed guards, which of course then makes other people suspicious of him. So there's also sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy taking place. Um, In April of 2012, a group of Belize's gang suppression unit storms his property because they're like, we think you're making meth. You have a weird secret lab. And their mission is to dismantle criminal organizations. Right. Uh, but they're not on his payroll, I guess. His dog goes for them while they're on the property and they shoot it. And they find shotguns, pistols, ammo, weird chemical. They do not find any meth, to okay. be clear. Um, but they do arrest him and bring him to the jail that he built, which is ironic, I think. I don't know. We don't know what irony means in it's this. The, it's at least an Alanis level of irony. Totally. That is. I mean, but I also love it. Yeah. He's become a. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's released the next day. So he spends the night in his jail out the next day. So remember I told you that this was an article in Wired that Joshua Davis wrote? Yeah. When Joshua Davis goes out to Belize to interview John, he has five women under the age of 20 living in those bungalows on the property. He wears a gun all the time, and he's basically like, I'm preventing this town, Carmelita, from its downfall, from chaos. I'm in charge. Jesus. And Joshua talks to the townspeople and comes back to John and is like, you know, no one here in the town feels that the crime is actually out of control. It seems actually pretty low. And John's like, you aren't asking the right questions. I think John also pictures himself in a movie all the time. And the next anecdote I tell you will make you agree with me if you don't already. There's in John's place and he says he takes out a gun and says to Joshua um, like shows Joshua the gun shows Joshua a bullet and he's like this is a bullet right maybe what you think happened didn't actually happen and he loads the gun and he's (gasps) like this scares you right then he puts the gun to his head and Joshua the whole time is like hey man to Joshua's head or to John's head to his own head Joshua's like chill man you don't have to do this and John pulls the trigger and nothing happens. He pulls it three more times. No. There's five chambers. Then he pulls it a fifth time, but nothing happens. Then he just starts pulling the trigger over and over and over and over again. And he says, I can do this all day long. And the hammer's just clicking. He says, I can do this a thousand times. Nothing will ever happen. Why? Because you have missed something. You're operating under an assumption about reality that is wrong. He's trying to prove a point. So then he says to Joshua, ready for this? He goes, let's do this again. And he does another round of Russian roulette. And he starts pointing the gun at his head and pulling the trigger. And he says, the gun is real, but you're missing something. And he does all of the shots and there's one left. And he's like, let me show you something. And he takes him outside and he shoots at the sand and there's a total explosion in the sand. And he says, you thought you were creating your reality. You were not. I was. So he definitely has this, I'm in a movie. 
Whoa. What, what? Now, Joshua writes about this and is like, this guy's pretty nuts. Here's what he did. Later, I read an interview. I think this was the penthouse interview with John where he says it was a sleight of hand trick where he's putting in a bullet that he's taken all the gunpowder out of and he can, that's why he can click, 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 click. But what he can do is then do a sleight of hand where you don't notice, but he puts a real bullet in and then for the finale, he can shoot at something and a real bullet comes out and you go, wow, he was really playing Russian roulette. I mean, that, yes, it does sound magic. Again, I want to just say, if we're not clear, please don't do magic with guns. It's not, I'm not interested in in gun magic. I just want to be very clear. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Not worth it. a rabbit. Get a hat. Some colored scars we That's like. It. Get get a baton that turns into some flowers. Sure. Read my goddamn mind. Sure. Love that. Read my mind. Guns? Keep them out of there. I don't want them. Stay out of my mind. Stay out of there. Um, can I tell you what John said about this? Yeah. He said, he's talking of Josh, the reporter. I fucked with him the entire time he was with me. To the point that when he left, he was just a pool of jelly. He did not know what was up, down, left, or fucking right. Why? He's the media, my son. Had he been remotely honest with me or himself, we might have had some fun, but no. Okay, so let me show you what happens when you waste my fucking time. What happens? I I guess he plays Russian roulette. I don't know. The point is... He does magic. You're going to see what happens. I'm going to do fucking magic. If you waste my time, I become a magician instantly. Done. (gasps) Okay, this guy sounds like a Looney Tune. Well, if he hated Josh so much, it's not clear why a few months after this, he he does call him and he's super paranoid and he's telling Josh that he's being followed and that everyone's after him. And he keeps calling from different places, Mexico, Belize. And it's really clear he's totally losing it. Mm-hmm. He says someone poisoned his dogs and that his dogs died these terrible deaths and he has to figure out who did it. And he's been casing out his property and looking for this person's footprints. And he's like, mm, the neighbors had complained about my dogs. Maybe it was them. Greg Fall, one of his neighbors, had complained about barking in the past. He filed a formal complaint about the dogs with the mayor's office. But John says, I don't think he'd have hurt the dogs. Here's the thing. A few days later. Dogs are dead. Greg's dead. The neighbor. He's shot in the back of the head. The cops come to talk to John about it. And he's obviously kind of crazy and thinks everyone's after him. So when they come to talk to him about it, he buries himself in a trench on his property and stays in it all day because he says what he thinks happened is that someone killed Greg because they thought Greg was him. Like they're after him and they killed Greg by mistake. Oh God, this guy sounds so fucking... So he's like, it's probably me next. And he flees. Is that why he flees, or did he kill Greg? He ki- or, or he had his one of his guys kill Greg. Well, when you read the article, I'll tell you, could have been Amy. Amy killed Greg? Maybe. I'm not saying, look, Amy. She's still around? I'm not going to cast aspersions at Amy. She she's seems, still around. She's around. <laughs> and she's around, and I don't think she'd bat an eye at that sort of thing. 
I don't think Amy would bat an eye at anything, frankly. No. So John's lawyer is like, John is being persecuted because he's refusing to give the authorities in Belize money. The prime minister of Belize is like, I have something to say. John is bonkers. <laughs> I have bonkers. Finally. Bonkers Fucking in quotes. Finally. So, yeah. John goes into hiding. But then Vice does a piece on him. And they go to meet him to do the piece. And he's in hiding. They accidentally, in their piece, post a picture. And they don't turn off the geolocation metadata on the photo. So he gets found. And he gets arrested. And he gets deported. From Belize? Yes. Amazing. Or I don't know if he was in Belize at the time. But wherever he is, they're like, Get out get of out, here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> so he, they get sent to the U.S. He gets sent to the U.S. The next night he's in the U.S., he meets a sex worker. They sleep together, and he marries her. Okay. Sure. Okay. So sure. Then he drops that's out the, of the public eye. Oh, that's on. That's on brand. For a number of years, he resurfaces in 2016. Why do you think he resurfaces then? He's running for president. Yes. Correct. I knew it. You nailed it. I knew I think you know him now. Like, I I feel like you... But, like, we know... Just from what you said, like, I get the guy. He's running for president. Libertarian candidate. Totally. (gasps) Is he really less fit for the job than some we've seen hold it? Debatable. (laughs) In 2019... They actually are cut from the same cloth, is what it sounds like, (laughs) truthfully. (laughs) Um, In 2019... There's a wrongful death suit filed by Greg's family. Against him. He's ordered to pay $25 million. Good. So he gets on Twitter and he says it's legal extortion aimed at America's wealthy class. Oh, God. The U.S. government also charges him at this time with tax fraud. Not surprising. Yeah, he went to Belize and then he probably made all this money. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he's running around like a kook. They they can't track him down. In August of 2020, <gasps> he says to everybody, I was arrested in Norway during the pandemic because I refused to replace a lace thong on my face with a more effective face mask. He posts a picture of himself on Twitter I with a bruised him. eye. And he says, I got hit during my arrest. What's very weird is that the photo he posts shows an officer with the German word for police on their uniform. So everyone's like, pretty sure you're not in Norway. Then um, the Augsburg police are like, yeah, that guy tried to enter Germany that day. And this is all a hoax. Like this whole story. This never happened. Right. The next month in September, he and his wife try to get into the Dominican Republic on his yacht, but they have a bunch of guns. So they're like, no. And they take his boat and they're like, get out of here. And he gets sent to England. I don't totally know what happens. I think there's a period of time where he's in hiding again or on the run, but he makes sure to let everyone know what he's up to in the sense that He's like, guys, I'm going to teach you how to not pay taxes. I haven't paid taxes for 11 years because, and the reason I haven't is that our constitution 
forbids it. We didn't have federal income taxes in America until 1913. Oh my they God. imposed a 3% income tax to help fund World War I, and it was an emergency measure. And, and they just kept doing it. They just it. kept it. Right. So that's, that's not okay. So he's running around London, Bucharest, Hong Kong, Malta. He's telling people, if you don't want to pay taxes, I'm going to tell you how. how you don't. That yes. works out really well, I'm sure. And he's really into <laughs> cryptocurrency, right? Totally. Because that's how you can dodge a lot of taxes. The tax evasion, tax evasion shit catches up with him eventually. And it's the age of 75 years old. He gets arrested in Spain. He was using cryptocurrency for everything. And he was also, he gets in trouble because he was buying assets in other people's names. The indictment says he made more than $23 million in a single year. What The way that he made that was recommending cryptocurrencies to his Twitter followers, which he has a bunch of, but he never told them, he never disclosed to them that he was paid to do it. It's like he forgot hashtag ad or whatever. Totally. You know? Um, don't forget to put that in. He's hashtag a ad. Sneak. He's a snake in the grass. And just anecdotally, I wanted to tell you that um, there was this moment in 2017 where he made a pledge um, that he would eat his own dick on national television if the price of Bitcoin didn't hit half a million in three years. Did it hit half a million dollars? No, I, I don't. I'm not aware of John eating his dick on television. So totally. maybe so. I think it's times up, right? Times up. Times up on this guy's life, though, because he died That's yesterday. It's like times up. He can't eat his dick. So he was incarcerated. He was in Spain, you know pending that, extradition to the United you States. You know, people are gonna say he was killed. You know what I saw yesterday I, on Facebook? What? I saw my friend posted that he has a tweet that was uh, November 30th, 2019. And it said, getting subtle messages from U.S. officials saying, in effect, we are coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill yourself. I got a tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm. And he got a tattoo that has a dollar sign and says, whacked, spelled W-H-A-C-K-D. Like this. Here. That's his tattoo. Wow. Here's the thing. How do you I, die? Well, currently the cause of his death is under investigation. I mean, I will say the guy did a lot of drugs and like, you know, I... I I bet he was followed by people because it sounds like an, he left just, like, horrible things in the in his wake. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, but the I life. Had, you have to. I mean, to. I had to tell you, it's, uh, there is some definite crime in there, and it's true. No doubt about it. Um, I just was like, the more I read about him, the more I was like, what? W- then you what? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, uh, it's a wild story it's amazing to me like these ultra wealthy people like this like i'm not saying all people with money are bad i don't i don't necessarily agree with that but like when you have bad people of all this money they do bad shit like he built his own prison he built like there's so much where you're like why are we giving people this much fucking money i think it's just it's too much it's it's too much so disappointing to be 
somebody that has the money where you could help. And I think here's a big thing about it is that if you have the money to help, the smart thing to do is give the money to people who've made it their life's work to actually understand what does help. You give it to them. That's what charities are in place for. The idea that he was like, I know how to help. I know how to do it. I'll build a jail. I don't trust those people. Don't trust them. Speaking of which, my story is kind of related. What is it? It's expensive to be met. So I got this information from ABC's The Housewife and the Hustler. I can't and wait. And Wikipedia. That's literally it. That's I'm literally all so I I'm so excited because I really like Erica Jane. Yeah, y'all, I'm doing the story of Tom Girardi and Erica Jane. And I this this ABC special I watched the other night, and I was literally watched it for my enjoyment, and then I go... Spoiler alert, yesterday we were walking in Dumbo, and Quinn was like, I just got a notification. This guy that I was thinking of doing a case on, he he died. I have to do it. And I said, I just watched The Housewife and the Hustler. Should I do it? And she goes, yes, because I want to know what happened. I I know that some of you might be like, we didn't come here for Real Housewives. The Real late. Housewives. It's but here. here we are. We've arrived. And this may, I, be, this may be the point in the episode where we part ways. I got to tell you, don't. Don't part ways because it's truly incredible. You'll find this fascinating because I certainly did. I also feel like we should one of us should read Daniel Staub's book and we should do a story of Daniel Staub. I don't know who that is. Real Housewives of New Jersey. Prostitution oh, whore. Prostitution whore. Fucking engaged whore. 19 times. I'm like, yeah. Flip the, I mean, and then Teresa Giudice. I mean, really, the amount. And also in this episode, they fucking. are really good for white collar crime. Like, really, and also, like, they talk about in this and I think there's going to be more episodes, The Housewife and The Hustler, because I think they're going to go through other litigation like Teresa Giudice or Judy Judice and Daniel Staub, like all these people. So Daniel Staub is interviewed in this pod, in this in this um, episode. So a little bit about a backstory. So Tom Girardi is a famous lawyer in L.A. Tom Girardi is like 33 years her senior or something. Moral of the story, I'm just going to give a background of him. Tom Girardi, he's like was synonymous with LA law. This guy was a famous superstar lawyer. He's won millions of dollars in settlements against corporations for victims of crimes. Like he's the guy, if you have like, oh no, this, this some company knowingly put carcinogens in X, Y, and Z. All these people have cancer. You go to Tom Girardi and he fucking wins settlements. In fact, he's a badass trial lawyer where you know what he was the lawyer of? What? Imagine a famous, I just want you to imagine a famous case where a big company fucked with citizens and there was a massive payout. The water in Flint? Aaron Brockovich. <gasps> but Aaron Brockovich. She was the one that got it, but he was the trial lord. Like, he was the fucking guy who handled the Aaron Brockovich case. Oh. This guy was fucking so famous. Like, so he sued... Pacific Gas and Electric, which then paid $460 million to 650 residents in the town of Aaron Brockovich. Like, they were knowingly feeding In the it. town of Aaron Brockovich. In the town of Aaron Brockovich, and that's just what I'm going to say. If any of you live in Aaron Brockovich, you know what we're talking about. So he had an incredible reputation. He, he was the guy that, like, stood up for the little guys in a way, right? Like, he would go against these big corporations and hold them accountable accountable for their wrongdoing. And in doing so, he became super well-known among politicians. He became a 
big political donor. He knew judges. It got to the point where if like you wanted to run for a judge, you'd go meet with Tom Girardi. If you wanted to run for office, you'd go meet with Tom Girardi. Like he was super well connected. He had a ton of power. Enter Erica Girardi, aka Erica Jane. She comes from like a small town who always dreamed of being in the entertainment business. At 18 years old, she moves to New York City um, and she starts working at a club called Shakers, which is in New Jersey. And she worked there with Daniel Staub of Real Housewives of New Jersey. It's a go-go bar strip club. She then moves to LA where she becomes a cocktail waitress. She meets Tom Girardi. The two of them fall in love. It's his third marriage. Um, so in 2000, they go to a country club. They decide right then and there to get married. They get like a local judge to marry them and a local lawyer like from the bar. And they get married in a country club in the year 2000. There is no prenup. Really? No prenup. He's, that is so odd to me. It seems like he would insist. It seems like 33 years her senior, mm-hmm. third marriage. Yeah, that's real odd to me. Real weird. But they agree, get married, boom. They are living the life O'Reilly. They were so fucking rich. In 2003, he was inducted into the Trial Lawyer Hall of Fame um, by the California State Bar. I don't think we need that. Is your dad in it? Is your dad in the Trial Lawyers? Not that I'm aware of, but I'm going to... Again, say, I really don't think that sounds like something we need. We shouldn't have a Hall of Fame for lawyers. It feels aggressive. It's so cheesy. But again, it's a huge accomplishment. This is just to show you that this guy was very good at what he did. It's also to show you that even when little kids grow up, they're still little kids and they want trophies and they want prizes and they want ribbons. People want it. Erica wanted to start a music career. So Tom put a ton of money into making her who she is. I don't know if you've watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She is like a glam squad. Her music is like pop. It's expensive to, to be, be her. her. And then she's like, um, what is the other one? It's like, how many fucks do I give? It's like very. And she's like dressed in Versace, Chanel. The woman has expensive shit. Apparently she told, um, apparently she told some friends, she was like, there was a zero return on investment. So he would put all this money in and she wouldn't make any more money. It was just like, was going to this pet project. And it was then that she got asked to do Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, when she did Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she came in hot, hot, hot. Like I remember when she first came on and you're like, who the fuck is she? She has like this big blonde hair She's quoted as saying something where she goes, what did she say? She's like, being broke sucks, being rich is better. On the show, she would talk about her wealth in a way, like she, they had two planes, the smaller one is for national and the larger one is for, you know, inter, like cross country in Europe. You know, she would say things like that. She, he would gift her paintings that were valued at millions of dollars. She gave tours of her home, which was like insanely huge. Her closet. I don't like her house for the record. It's no. very cold to me. Very cold. I don't like it. No, I don't think. And I he... don't like that long pool. Like if I was rich, I'd want a pool that felt um, like it accidentally happened and it was a tropical vibe, you know, so it'd be like meandery and it would have like a lot of plants around it. There's just one of those really serious rectangles. There's is like, it's a very geometric house. It's like, it feels cold. It actually doesn't feel like hers. I assume she moved into it and it's like pretty ornate in a way like I think is trashy. And they have that weird little church in it. 
I don't remember the church. They she, they have a tiny um, chapel chapel in it. That makes sense. I they, it's so that insane. Freaks me out. That's a good place to. Buy. You know what? Their houses would be really good for hide and seek. Totally. And not much else. Not much else. And she's a single mom when she meets Tom. I didn't mention that. And Tom takes her in, blah, blah, blah. So moral of the story is she's showing off her wealth in an insane way. What's amazing about this is on the show, she's showing off her, like, insane amounts of wealth. And what's really crazy is what we know of her husband is he's, like, fighting for the little guys. Right? Like, he's helping the people that have been trodden upon by these rich, wealthy corporations who only care about bottom line profits. And it's a little incongruous for her to be displaying this massive amount of wealth Mm -hmm. while her husband is supposed to be fighting for the little guy. It's just something about it, like, doesn't totally make sense. Mm -hmm. What should be happening, by the way, in these huge trial settlements is that a lawyer will go... And either find a settlement or have mediation with a big company to ex- like explain what happened and try to get them to make it right by offering a settlement before it goes to trial. If there's any sort of discrepancy or they don't think that they're getting their fair shake, he will take them to trial and then it will become a judgment, blah, 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 moving on. So eventually a settlement would come down where it would be a certain amount of money, let's say a million dollars, right? A million dollars will come through and by law what's supposed to happen is that million dollar settlement goes into a trust. That trust is separate from the law firm that represented it. So the law firm will only then, when that trust is there, will take a certain percentage of their legal fees. They are only paid once that settlement gets into that trust fund that's separate from their law firm. And then the remainder of that trust is allocated to the victims of the crime. You do not take money out of that middle part, that like trial settlement trust fund, right? Got it. I'm going to go through a couple of victims that Tom Girardi helped and a little bit of their story to explain what's happened. This guy, Joe Rugomez. September 9th, 2010, Joe Rugomez is watching the opening night football game with his girlfriend, Jessica Morales. Joe hears rumbling and what he hears as like a jet engine outside after about three seconds A huge explosion, a fireball, comes out. Their house immediately bursts into flames. He's looking for an exit. He's crawling out. He opens the door. He says, I thought I was going to die. Like, I saw my whole life flash before my eyes. Someone happens to get, manages to get to him. The last thing he remembers is a gas mask over his face. He's out. His family is called. They find out he's been taken to a hospital. His body has 80 to 90% of burns all throughout his whole body. Wow. Not only that, he was inhaling fumes. His inside and outside of his body is completely burned. Oh, my God. They immediately get to work on him. He miraculously survives. His girlfriend, Jessica Morales, does not. What the fuck happened? It was a faulty pipe. It was negligence. From PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, the same company that Tom had sued in the Aaron Brockovich case. Okay. That's so scary. When stuff like that happens, you got to lawyer up, right? Because otherwise you're not going to, nothing's going to happen. And that's why they call some lawyers ambulance chasers, right? As they sit at the hospital and they wait till something goes wrong and then 
they can get that and they can get that case and then bring it to court and get a huge settlement and get their payout, right? That's why they call some lawyers ambulance chasers, right? Mm-hmm. Joe's mom, Kathy, her best friend is this woman, Kim, who's a legal consultant. And so she immediately came to her best friend's aid. And her whole thing was like, I can I have all these connections. Let me see if this Girardi, they wanted to meet with the Girardis, the Girardi law firm. So through connections and stuff, they met with Tom Girardi. Tom Girardi knows what to say to these victims. He's like, I'm so sorry. You don't deserve this. It's going to be okay. I'm going to help you. We're going to get through this. So he's really good at what he does. They know he sued the same company, so they decide to work with him. Um, when Joe me- wakes up from his coma, the first that's the first time he meets Tom Girardi. He comforts him. He tells him he's going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. He just kind of helps take on this trauma from this family that just went through the most horrific day of their entire life. He ends up taking PG&E to court mediation. They end up avoiding trial, and they come up with a settlement, and they don't disclose the amount of money in the settlement, but Joe Rogomez, the victim who is talking... In this TV show, he goes, I was happy with the money. It would help, it would help with any issues that came up and then some. He was, he was satisfied with the money. What happened was is they were like, we're going to give it to you monthly. There's all this stuff. And then um, the money's transferred and Tom Girardi goes, you know what? I know someone who could invest this money and you could get 6% return on investment. So if you want to put all of your money in the trust, I can help you. Slow your roll, bro. That's not your job at all. You're the the lawyer. Yeah. The family goes. A financial advisor. But the family sees this guy and his amount of wealth and all that stuff. And they go, he's a millionaire. (gasps) He's willing to help us. Okay. Like, sure. Oh, this is so out of line. Okay. 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 Keep in mind. Joe has gone through, Joe Gomez has gone through over 30 surgeries and he will still continue to go through surgeries his entire life because his body will need it. He will be required, his scar tissue, all that stuff. He's, he's going to be in, he's going to need medical care from this incident for his entire life, which let's be honest, that's what these settlements are for is to make sure that these people are taken care of where the victims are of a horrific negligence by a big company. So when the monthly payments started needing to come to Joe, they would come and then they slowed down. Joe would call Tom and say, hey, Tom, I need these, this money, blah, blah, blah. Tom would go, oh, I'm sorry. You know how things are. This happens. I'll pay you next week. He's like, half the time the money would come the next time, week, half of the time it wouldn't. They would get evidence or they would get receipts of like what the money was invested or balanced and it just wouldn't add up to them. Like They're like, this doesn't fucking make sense. But all the while, Tom was calling them and leaving messages. It's not my fault. I don't know what's happening. And then don't be mad at me. I'm a good guy. You're an awesome family. You're one of my favorite families. I'm going to get you this money. Don't worry. I got you. Like leaving these messages that are just manipulative and fucking lies, frankly. Okay. Judge Pinelli was a guy who was helpful in the mediation. He used to be a judge. And then he turned into a private private sector where he was working in the mediation in the settlement so Tom then would start throwing Judge Pinelli and be like, you know, Judge Pinelli, you're a young guy. He's seen how much money can damage young people. Like, he really doesn't want to give you as much money. So he started throwing this Judge Pinelli, who later on was like, I never had anything to do. As soon as the case was settled, I was out of there. This was not my bag. No, that's not his job either. And Joe Ragomez is like, well, some of this is for surgeries. This isn't for me to, like, gallivant around the country. This is me, like, actual fucking surgery. They're noticing something is not adding up. They don't know who they can go to for help. He's well-connected to the bar, to 
politician to the district attorney to fucking judges. He's so connected and famous. No one's helping them. They can't go to anyone. Ugh. January 2017 is the last time Joe Ragomez gets any money. But he was supposed to keep getting paid out. Yeah. And I'll go back to that. I want to go through another case. Josie Hernandez. Josie Hernandez, in 2010, she had three kids she was dealing with incontinence. Her doctor gave her a sling, which would help. A sling? A sling. It's a mesh sling, I think, that they put, that they surgically put into your urethra or something oh, as a like woman. Oh, like in your body. I'm picturing incontinence, and then she's wearing a sling. I'm like, what <laughs> Reflexology, baby. Sling? Reflexology. <laughs> they give her a sling. The sling, she has a poor reaction. The doctor goes, okay, let's, uh, let's put another one in. What? Puts another one in. Look, I'm no doctor, but I already feel better at this than this doctor. She has, shit goes awry, doesn't talk exactly about what happened, but she has to go through multiple surgeries to fix the damage that these slings did to her body. She sues the manufacturer under Tom Girardi's law firm. She wins a settlement of $130,000. Okay. Okay. She needs her money. In August of 2020, he's calling her saying, you know, I I never received the money. I don't know what's going on, but we're going to get this money. I'm a good guy. This isn't my fault. We've heard that before. She files a complaint with the bar. She's able to do an investigation on when the money wire transfer happened. The wire transfer of the $135,000 settlement was transferred in May 2020. He had told her in August 2020 he had never received the settlement. But we have on paper that he did. We have on paper that well, he did. Well, it seems like he has to give her that money then. Lion Air. What the fuck's going on? The Boeing 737 that crashed in Indonesia, Lion Air, it killed all of the passengers. It's why 737s were off. The Boeing 737 was off. Lots of lawyers came in and were negotiating cases with all these people, right? Including Tom Girardi who was representing a couple of widows and orphans of the plane crash, gets, a million, gets millions of dollars in settlements. That comes to the settlement, right? It gets wire transferred. None of the victims ever receive any money. Shut up. Nothing. So when people How start can looking this in... guy be this evil? So when they start looking into it, there are more than hundreds of suits against Tom Girardi that were that were placed and the bar was aware of, but nobody's investigated. And they're letting him keep picking up cases while this is happening. So people are saying, this guy stole my money. Nobody's and then investigating he's like, new it. case, new case. No, well, nobody's investigating because he's so well connected. He's That's famous... crazy. In fact, spoiler alert, the bar ends up coming out going, we need to look at what happened. We didn't acknowledge this. We should have picked up on this fucking earlier. Yeah, no shit. That's a low bar. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, Erica Jane is on Watch What Happens Live, and someone sends a question that's like, how do you feel about all these lawsuits against your husband, Tom? And she goes, all I can say is I can't comment on it. They're lawsuits. Everybody ignores it, moves on, nothing. Nobody asked about it. Nobody investigated. All these politicians kept taking money. All these judges kept taking fucking money. This guy was, like, untouchable. So many of the bar complaints. So he's just going to keep doing it because he's not getting in trouble. There's another case where two women were using hormone, ther- um, hormone replacement therapy 
and it ended up causing cancer. They got a $17 million settlement. They've seen no money. So rumors start spreading that Tom doesn't have any money, which is wild. Like he li- he's living in this massive Pasadena mansion. You see his wealth on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like he's got that rectangle. He's got that rectangle pool that probably is a bitch to clean. You know, Erica isn't fucking cleaning it. He's also then taken out tens of millions of dollars of loans. What? He has no money. It's so weird when people that rich are that broke. It's so confusing. So he's getting sued. They're finding all this stuff. These, the Joe Gomez family that I mentioned earlier, they end up reaching out to him. He's getting sued by all these lenders. And he, they go, okay, let's just do a cash out of $12 million, okay? Just pay us $12 million. And he's like, I got you. I'll pay you $12 million, which I don't know what their initial settlement is, but I assume it probably was more than $12 million than what they got. A couple months later, he gives them a $2.5 million payment. That's not close. And then nothing else. So then they take it to a court. There's a now judgment that he's made to pay, which is $12 million. So now there's a judgment on him that he has to pay $12 million. Erica Jane announces that they're separating and she's filing for divorce. At this point, all the people that are looking for creditors, all the people that are looking for money from Tom Girardi go, wait a minute, if she's filing for divorce, something the fuck is going on, including a Chicago law firm who is representing the victims of the Lion Air, that plane crash that I mentioned. They end up suing Tom, saying we're out $2 million for some of our clients. A judge in Chicago finds him in contempt. He rules that all of Tom's funds must be frozen and all of his law firm's accounts must be frozen. So this is in December 2020 where things are happening. It forces him into bankruptcy. Now Tom has to sit through depositions and um, bankruptcy hearings where Tom openly admits that at one point he had $80 million of cash on hand, no more, $50 million in stock portfolios, Mm -hmm. no more, gone. He says he is completely broke. At this point, he's saying he's broke. And Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane has all of this wealth, had all of this money. They find out that Tom had invested $20 million and put it into Erica Jane's career. He'd invested $20 million into her business. Also, she's listed as secretary on some of his other company holdings. So she's now (laughs) implicated in his business holdings. All of this stuff, by the way, is... So she could go to jail. She could be implicated in this. No problem. Remember when I said that there was no prenup? Right. Now so she's the breadwinner. Uh huh. So she might be culpable for this. It gets crazier. It gets a little crazier but too. Why would that make her? It doesn't matter who the breadwinner is. Well, it right. Matters... Oh, I'm saying yes. What I'm saying is, is she will be culpable. She. There, we don't know the extent of her, of her knowledge of what happened. Right. She's claiming she knew nothing about this. She's claiming complete ignorance. I don't know. Well, uh, truly, what do you think? It 
do you think he was saying to her? It's not. I don't she's think not she's a, a lawyer. To be honest, she's not as stupid as Teresa Judice. Do you know what I mean? Teresa, I was like, I can, I can claim. Like Erica Jane is much more savvy than that. Anyway. Yeah, I just wonder if Tom was like, here's money, here's money. And she was like, far be it for me to ask where it's coming from. February 2021. Mm-hmm. He's placed on conservatorship due to short-term memory oh, like loss. like Brittany. They claim um, there's a suggestion that he's mentally incompetent. In March 2021, there's a doctor in L.A. that diagnoses him with Alzheimer's. <gasps> However, Wait, is he doing this to dodge? Right? And in fact, a, a lawyer that was interviewed was like, I cannot say if he has or hasn't, blah, blah, blah. However, what I can say is he was speaking at events right before the pandemic, and there was no evidence that he was losing. So any it looks sort of, like it could be a last-ditch effort or to what, be... They're building his defense, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. The state of California revoked his license to practice law. He's not been technically disbarred, but that is in the works. They're currently liquidating his assets to pay creditors, including the mansion and his office buildings. Erica Jane has all these crazy assets, right? Like Chanel, like all this money. She has Hermes, like she has. But is it untouchable? She's claiming they were gifts, so they're not a part of his assets. They were gifts to her. We're not sure how that's going to hold out. When they froze the funds from the Girardi firm, right, that also effectively froze 900 cases that were pending for settlements. 900? For other victims of crimes. Erica, I think you should help the orphans. Because there was no prenup, like I said, in, in California... There will be 50-50. Whatever she has, she will have to give him 50-50 because she now has more money than he does. What's crazy is at the very end of this episode, they have the victims watch the very first episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And it's where Erica Jane says, you know, being broke sucks. Being rich is better. And they see them going, is that my money? What she's wearing? Is that my settlement for being burned alive is that my settlement for having a manufacturer almost destroy my body is that is that my money that I lost my mother in a horrific plane accident and is that my money it's illegal to be her (laughs) It's amazing because we, you know, I've watched the show and she's so likable. I think she knew. I don't think she didn't know. Why do you think that? Because I, because I think she's savvy enough. I think she came from nothing. And I don't think, I don't. That's why I don't think she knew because there's part of me that says she strikes me as because she came from nothing, being somebody that would give a shit about people that need that money. She because she's she's scrappy. I don't know. You think it's as simple as now it's my turn? I got mine. My question is: is how does your husband get all these lawsuits? And you go, 
no, no, not worried, not worried. Like, I mean, maybe she was totally in the dark. Maybe you don't know their relationship. It doesn't strike me from an outside perspective as a normal one where they lie in bed at night and talk about problems. It strikes me as, you know, she was on Broadway in Chicago before the pandemic. He didn't go see the show. So when it closed, it was like, ah, Tom missed it. Bummer. I'm just, he wasn't at opening night. I'm sorry. I just, there's a lot of indications to me from an outside perspective that this marriage was not one where they confide in each other. It was, uh, he's spending this money to launch her career and she's accepting it freely. I think the crime is how do you not go, are we okay? Really? Like, and also, I I don't know they ever were. I don't think that's their relationship. I think that he's a rich older, I think it's um, a rich older man that bought a young wife. Right. I I don't know. I mean, if she knew that would be, I mean, I think there's also a part of it. It's like, if she knew any of this was happening, she'd be like, that's, I, What's crazy is they play these voicemails that he left to the victims where it's like, it's not my fault. They just haven't got me the money. Like, just bold face lies. Lies. And they kept going, but he knew what we went through. He knew. He was the guy in the hospital that when I was, saw you burned, that saw yes. you deal with the death of yes. your partner, that saw you, that yes. met your kid or met your mom. Your mom and, died in the plane crash and he is going, I'll, I'll make this, I can't bring her back, but I will try to get you something to give you a better life. That's like, a special place in hell for people like. And so now he's claiming Alzheimer's where it's like, uh, it's so evil and maniacal and I think listen Which i think is also you're right. pretty fucked up to people that have alzheimer's like do you know yeah that would make me mad if i was somebody that had someone with alzheimer's I mean, or dementia he's... in my life to be like don't repurpose our actual problems and also like i mean this has been going <laughs> on for defense. years for years when the judge froze all of the funds and forced him into bankruptcy hearings um, he also referred the case to the attorney general. We're not seeing like so this, we haven't. There's we're in the middle of it. Like this is all very. It's just come out in a way, and this documentary came out, which was really well done. And, it's a single topic documentary, or it's a series. You said first episode. They said first. I would. I was wondering if they are going to cover other housewives. It feels like they don't have. I don't know what else they would cover from this case. It felt so complete. Well, it felt like it's up until March 2021. So it's like what has happened since, and I and I did look online, and it was mm-hmm. like because of the pandemic, things are like Erica hasn't sat for any depositions. She hasn't. She declined comment, obviously, but like, and she's also what's insane is from the divorce. Like last night, they aired the new episode where she talks about leaving Tom, where she apparently dropped him off at the law firm left packed up didn't tell him she was separating and just took some shit and left she probably felt great getting out of that weird house <laughs> well she talked I, I mean i haven't watched the episode but she was like I, my house was like 16 night or twenty thousand square feet and now it's two thousand it's like okay boohoo i don't give a shit and and one of the victims um how many square feet do you do fucking you need? need? One of the <laughs> victims of the, um, or one of the, or one of the victim's sons from the Lion Air fight 
was like, where's my money? Erica Jane is not the victim. I am the victim. Like, she's not the victim here. No, I I think she's going to be fine unless she goes to jail. Unless In which case, well, she, could she be, might she deserve might, that. If she's attached to his business dealings where she's listed under certain companies as, like, being privy to business dealings, as has her name on shit, it's like she could be culpable of the settlement. I'm really interested in why that was the case. Why she's listed as secretary and stuff. Because we know from... At least the show would have had us believe she didn't know much about his business dealings. And I just wonder why he would have listed her. Unless it was a, I'm giving you this money. If I get taken down, you're coming with me. Or I think it was, I can give you more money if you're listed on here because I can pay you out. I can pay you a salary. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, I guess TBD. TBD, but that's something to look out for. But I, like, the um, the the heinousness of this crime of, like, helping the little guy, but just stealing. Shocking to me. What would your um, real housewife, you're a real housewife, the real housewife. I thought of, this a lot, actually. Oh, what your tagline would be? Um, if talk is cheap. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's like, that's, that was a good start, though. That Thank sounded you. very that's housewife. Right. Um. In a world where 99% of tits are fake, mine are real, and so am I. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's a really good one. What would yours be? Come on, I give two. I'm rich in this scenario. Well, we're real housewives. We're, it's impl- we're, we're going to be a little bit better off. Than- we got like- a lot of Patreon subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> My wallet's full of cash. My breasts are full of milk. And my heart is full of hate. Do you have my number? Because I'm about to call you out. Ooh, good. Should I be writing taglines for... You're really good at this. This is... It's actually crazy that we just found your secret skill (laughs) set and that it's not a marketable (laughs) one at all. (laughs) I may love true crime, but the most authentic thing in the room is me. Oh! That's really bad. Can we do all three of them? I like creeply, but I'm a cool peeply. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not even close. It's really bad. It's I, I I can't tell if we're getting better or worse. I think it's we we peaked in the middle and I think we need to tone but we need to pull back. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it. I think okay. that's yeah, I think we did. Right. I yeah, know we what? can't do this all day. I could do actually I could I, that's the problem. I can do it all day. I love it. What was yours again? I can't remember. We're going to have to listen to it back. My okay. milk is full of... No. So, <laughs> my milkshake brings all the pumping equipment to the yard. My milk- and I'm like, is there an outlet anywhere nearby? <laughs> <laughs> and it's Griffin and Co in the background and Matt being like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm single. I have no one. It's like a dog, and it's not even mine. <laughs> you borrow a dog <laughs> for that shoot of my satin oh, cocktail dress. God, it's so good. 